Williams, prepare for multi-ball. Hello, and welcome to Football Nerds Podcast. Come and call the way from River Hibbert's Nova Scotia to the holes in the side of your head. Introducing your host, Albert Albert. That's me. Welcome back, Pinball Nerds, to episode 286 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast. My name is Orbital Albert, and today, for the first time in many episodes, I have a guest live on the show. All the way from Nashville, Tennessee, or close to there. Knoxville. Knoxville. I will get it one time. I will get it one time. Uh, and we have Chris the Pintern, also known as Chris Grosner. Welcome to the show, buddy. Welcome back. Hey, thanks, man. I'm really excited to have uh, been able to, to go on behalf of all those pinball nerds. Uh, really, really excited to let you know what happened and uh, all the stuff that went on. Awesome. Well, I, I first want to start by saying that your interview uh, with Damien from Haggis Pinball out of Australia about the new game Celts was incredible. So anyone listening to this, if you haven't heard the episode before this where Chris interviews them, go listen to it after this episode. Don't stop it right now, you know. But go listen to it at some point because he did a great job, and uh, uh, I really think that uh, people will be interested in what Damien has to say and talking about the game. And I think we're one of the first podcasts to get an interview with him. I'm not sure, but he'll be with Ryan C. I believe from Head to Head this this weekend um, down there in Melbourne, Australia, at the show they're doing. Um, hopefully, he said he was going to try to do some streaming of the game because there were some requests. But um, my goal with that was just to let Damien kind of say, you know, what he had to say about being a manufacturer and his story. So I tried to kind of keep my thoughts out of that to save it for this show with you. Plus I wanted to respect his, his answers and not try to, you know, butt in with my subjective opinions about what I think of him or his company, you know? Wow. You are a professional journalist that listen to this journalistic integrity from my Pintern slash of course, co-host. I call you the Pintern cause that's your name on Twitch and that's what you joke about. Right. But, um, I can hear your dog going there in the background. What's your dog's name? Yeah, it's Mustard. I'm Mustard, that's kid. right. I, I knew, I remember your dog's name was so funny, man. <laughs> yeah, Mustard's a wiener dog. She's downstairs barking out the window. Wait, the is that like from, uh, Oktoberfest? Yeah, yeah, she, she actually was the art choice for Oktoberfest there in the slide <laughs> mode. Uh, she was too scared to go down the slide. But, uh, yeah, no, she is uh, very loud, and I'm about as far away in my house as I can get from her. So, uh, excuse don't, me. Oh, no problem. Don't worry about it, but I just thought that was funny. Um, so if we could, let's go right back to, like, day one and kind of just give me the highlights in somewhat chronological order. And if you end up telling me about one of the missions that you did or you didn't, fine. And and if, if not, we'll go and we'll talk about it at the end. Awesome. Yeah. So day one, it's Wednesday. I get in around like four o'clock. And of course, there's like mission one usually for me was just get there. Right. So yeah. this is like the proto mission where I'm trying to get there. And of course, um, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to fly right out of here. It's going to be great. And it takes me like two hours to get out of the airport because of a rental car snafu. So oh. I'm already behind. It's like five o'clock Chicago time. And at this point, I think and I, I do want to say thanks to Ken Cromwell and Bill Webb. I contacted Ken earlier that day for the tailgate stream, and I said, hey, do you have any room for a pinball nerd um, nice. with, for, for something? And with, with him, you know, me basically inviting myself, he was very graceful and uh, said, yeah, sure, come on over. So 
I drove the hour out to St. Charles from the airport, um, which in Chicago, you know, it's like 10 miles, but takes an hour because it's right. so dense. But get out there, and the first person I'm greeted by is Steve Beatty with two big hunks of meat on a stick. So no way. I, right, I knew I was in the right <laughs> spot at that point. So uh, thanks again. Justin, Shout out, Steve. For, for allowing me to be in your yeah, lovely home and for feeding me. That was very, very kind of you. Um, there I did complete mission one. Um, I saw, I met and saw, like hung out with Bill Webb for a little bit and told him congratulations. Uh, oh my God, that's awesome. Bill Webb the fifth, I believe. That's right. Yeah, so it was great. And I don't, there were so many people there that like, it was kind of nice because I was a fly on the wall. Mm-hmm. Like we had, there were people from Dennis Mormon or Nordman, yeah. Mike Sullivan, Eric Minier, like all these John Borg. really high profile pinball people. Todd Tucky. Like, yeah. And did you get to meet all of these people? Like, did you get to meet? Sorry. Did... I'm sitting in the corner playing Black Knight 2000. Right. Um, just like enjoying the hell out of myself. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and then eventually, like, at, like as, the, as the clock was about to strike midnight, uh, Kim was also kind enough to have me on the stream and ask me some questions. And um, it, it, I was just giddy just to be included. So that was really kind of those fellas. And um, I, I'm, I couldn't be more thankful. But moving on uh by the way black knight 2000 game i never played super awesome my favorite of the three um really i i do like that game a lot i haven't got enough time on the new black knight but after watching uh alexander uh uh play who was it escher lefkoff in the finals there uh when they both got to or was it we was playing colin urban i don't know but they both they did the mercy rule you got to 300 million um, I want to go back and play some more Black Knight because, uh, I mean, I know I love Black Knight 2000, but I've got to go back and play the new Sword of Rage. So, Yeah, Black Knight, uh, the, the Sword of Rage is a is a rocking game. Um, a lot of people would probably argue it's much better than Black Knight 2000, mm-hmm. but there's just something endearing about that that game that I, I was really enjoying. Maybe it was the newness of it to me, um, but I, I was having a lot of fun. I love the, the sound and noise in it and uh, the objectives. I thought the upper play field was a lot of fun, so... That was cool. But um, yeah, and then I did get a chance. One other thing that was kind of a, a goal of mine was to set one high score on one of Steve's games. Right. And, and I actually GC'd his uh, Star Trek, which I'm it, it Are was, you serious? Yeah. So that was that was pretty awesome. But What'd you I get? Think I just reset it for like a party or something. So it wasn't impressive. It was only like 110 million. But 110 million? That's impressive, dude. I friggin'. I won a tournament with getting like 58 million on that bad boy once, which, you know, for me that I'm pretty sure that's close to my high score. 110 million is legit, bro. Yeah. I was, I was happy with it. And I was teasing him too. I was like, there's a guy in Knoxville here that if you set a high score on his house, you, you have to leave, even though it's a polite invitation. <laughs> so really? I was like, Steve, yeah. He's, he's kind of competitive, but also a little crazy. So maybe we can get him <laughs> on pinball cribs sometime. Um, down here, Zach, many, if you're listening, but <laughs> um, Zach, yeah. Zach listens, Zach listens. It'll be good. So I have a pinball crib for you down here in Knoxville. Um, we'll get the banjos. That'll be rocking. But, I I do have a uh, mini uh, a mini. It's it's not even really a beef. Beef's the wrong term. I have a mini correction for Zach though. On the show, he goes, I I, I like that pinball nerds podcast and everything. Or Orby seems pretty cool. But this one time, I'm listening to him do a show, and he's like making breakfast. And all of a sudden he goes, oh, my breakfast burrito is ready in the microwave. And he doesn't even stop recording. He just goes and gets his burrito and comes back. Zach, Zach Attack, I love you, bro. But I don't own a microwave. I haven't owned a microwave in like 15 years, man. 
Um, yeah, I just don't have one. Anyways, I probably was running over to the frying pan to, you Everybody know. Everybody knows that it was your wood-fired stove. That's right. There. That's right. I was running over to the wood-fired stove. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But no, that night, drove back over to the hotel. And then, um, so I, at that point, I completed one mission, was was really hyped up, had a great time, met some people that I didn't really deserve to meet. Um, but the, the coolest thing what I learned is that even like these big, quote-unquote, big-time people in pinball – just incredibly kind and mm-hmm. friendly and like just as a perfect stranger in someone else's house, like Dwight Sullivan was talking with me for 15 minutes. And like, Are you serious? Yeah. Super cool. Like one of the oh nicer people God. I've ever met. Like I know they've said he's the nicest guy in pinball, but like he's super duper nice. Um, very cool guy. And he gave me a suggestion for, they make Harry Potter books right. illustrated and those like he was showing me when it was really cool. Um, so he's just a like an open book, haha, but like a really cool, really nice guy. So the next morning though, we got up and I went to the Stern tour for the factory. Right. Um, that was really nice. The thing that I learned most from this that I'm not sure anybody else has said, or, or maybe it's just a given and I don't know it, mm-hmm. but the scope and Matt Keenan said this, just the scope of their business, but I'll take it one more step further. I mean, they each pinball machine, they says has, roughly 3000 parts in it. Right. Right. From all the screws, everything else. So we have all these companies. Some of them are taking big swings at Stern. Right. Mm -hmm. Think of the scope of not even just getting all those pieces manufactured for you and then making an inventory and getting a factory and hiring the 200 people to get there and then designing a pinball machine and then getting it manufactured. Like how many millions of dollars does that cost? Oh my God. And and you're going to come out with statements coming at, the big boy, you know, and you don't have any of that yet. So like that for me is what hit home was like the scope of their business and what they're doing was extremely impressive. And if you're in Chicago, it is well worth it to check it out. Well, uh, I, like I said, uh, I even said to crystal this morning, she crystal gamut, of course, uh, or Gemnich from the uh, Riptide Pinball podcast, and of course works with Marco Specialties. She also d- got to do some commentating on the uh, the championship uh, pinball, not the classics, but the main finals at Chicago Expo there on IE Pinball on Twitch. Go over there and uh, subscribe to Carl's channel IE Pinball and help him out for uh, doing all of that. Um, but she messaged me and she was like, "You got to have Chris on there." I, I got to chat with him lots. I really liked him and. You know, she did say, like, we missed you and everything, but she was also like, it was awesome that you had some representation there, right? So um, a lot of people, even though you were kind of like my, you know, we, we've never even met in person, which is what I, what I said, but uh, you were kind of taking the placeholder sort of for me and also for yourself because people know you from Willy Wonka and Twippy as much as anything else, right? But Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I mean, definitely people, I, mean, I was – listeners i was trying to get albie to come down and uh to texas for the tpf festival down there so it's still pending but if you're listening uh try to give him a, a kick to get down there so he can meet y'all uh, i think we'd have a great time down there i'm uh, coming 100 <laughs> percent. okay you, you heard it here first guys he's coming 100 percent in so um i did play the tournament um the next day the flipping out um tournament the stern pro tournament and what I learned is that there are a lot of really good pinball players out there. Um, I felt like I, I was joking with Julie Dorsers, um, former Papa champion and shout out around awesome person and pinball player. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I mean, I, she was, she was playing in, in the, with me, like, and I was like, Oh my gosh, like that's when I, when I saw her name and the qualifying, I was like, okay, I think I just donated 
all this money to Keith Elwin and do I need to do this again? And can <laughs> even win. So it shows like how, how good the field is, you know? Um, but during that tournament, I did get to play Elvira, which was one of the, uh, and I played Elvira a lot, but one of the challenges we had. And here's my top five for things I like or observations about Elvira. Okay, cool. Another mission. I like it. Let's hear it. One, I really like the custom callouts in the video. I think that's my favorite thing about the game. Okay. Um, I, I, the, the that part is cool. It's just a lot of a lot of stuff going on, and I wish I could have been in a more quiet environment to hear everything. Mm-hmm. But like, even what I could hear was just excellent and really well done. One of the better things that I've ever really been able to do um, with with like as a as a, I guess a theme, if you will. Right. Um, number two is I really enjoyed the innuendo um, in the game. There's the backdoor skill shot. There's the money shot. There's all kinds of like references to the you know famous scared stiff type of uh, innuendo. Okay. Innuendo. And I, I thought that was hilarious personally um, and, and endearing to the game in general. Um, number three, um, I liked the scoring. So it wasn't one of those games like Attack from Mars or anything like that. Um, I don't think it's the most complex right now. But with, with what you get when you start a mode and you can carry a deadhead in a multi-ball and you can get double multi-ball going and stack, like it's a it's a good scoring game where you're not gonna it's kinda like Star Trek where like fifty million is a pretty good score. Okay, I like I like that scoring better than billions, you know. Yeah, I agree completely. I, I, I do appreciate that type of scoring, um, where it's it's a little easier. It's not like attack from Mars, you know, where no. okay, what's two point what's two point four billion? Is that good? Like right. Yeah. I, I will say Jersey Jack though, when you have Jersey Jack scoring, sometimes you play like a twenty-five minute ball on Wizard of Oz, and they're like, and you're at fifty-eight thousand, and you're like, what? Like that's a skill shot in every other game, Jersey Jack. Can we go halfway between? Like, yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I, I uh, GC'd a, a dialed in, in in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and it was like one point seven million, and I was like, wow, that should, feels like it should have been a lot more. You know? Right. It's all all based on relativity. Um, I really like the movie-based modes, so they used a lot of modes um, that didn't have intellectual property rights back from, like, the, you know, Night of the Walking Dead, Living Dead, and uh, from that old black and white era, mm-hmm. and they're all integrated into the into the LCD screen, and I thought those were really, like, really well done for, given the theme, and it's, you know, can't be B movies and Elvira's host, like, I really appreciated the clips from that, so... I really like the media presentation um, of the game. Mm-hmm. I, I would say the one thing that I didn't like, and this is just me pro- possibly being a bad player, is it felt a little draining. Um, it was hard to shoot. And again, this might just maybe be not good, but the the left flipper was hard to shoot, harder to shoot the house because it's angled a little bit. And if you shoot those gargoyles or don't make it up the ramp, yeah. it's going to come right back at you. So you it know? makes you so, pay. Yeah, it, it does. Like, that's not a shot you want to miss. Um, and a lot of the other shots, too, is like you shoot the bash toy and it's coming back at you. The the launcher that that, that subway feeds, mm-hmm. like, that's going to have a lot of side-to-side action. You have no idea where it's going. So there is a lot of kind of randomness to that game that can hurt you. Um, and it's part of the objectives of the game. So if it's designed to be that way, well done. Um, otherwise, it, it, you know... No one likes to drain, so I'm just right. Playing, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure just like well, Alice, like Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. When you first got that, I watched some of your streams, 
And, uh, you know, until you figure out those shots, it's, you know, you're going to drain a lot. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, we played that last night with two of my friends and mm -hmm. none of us scored over 20 million. Like it was, it's, it's just, those, that game's brutal. Um, but if you like a challenge, it's worth it. Um, and are you still loving it? Are you still glad you purchased no, yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think I've been trying, I've been preaching sco uh, spooky pinball to anybody that'll listen. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, some like talking with Jason Fowler and he's like, should I get it? What should I, what should I not get? And I was like, dude, like this is such a unique game. You need to give it a chance. And I think he's on board. He's just got to find the room first. So, right. you know, he's a, he's a hoarder though. So I don't know if that will ever happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing. So at the, at the flipping out stream, mm -hmm. um, Zach mini asked me about our, uh, you know, my challenges. And right. I said, well, I have an impossible challenge, Zach. And he says, wait, what's that? And he goes, I, I have to make you play virtual pinball. <laughs> and he's like, absolutely no way. And you know what, Albert, I agree with him. I hate virtual pinball. Not my thing. Like I was, I'm not a fan of it. I never played one I liked right. or enjoyed. It doesn't feel like pinball. It feels like a video game with some buttons. Yeah. Um, and for all those that like it, that's awesome. Like this is just my opinion. It doesn't make me right. Um, it's just how I feel about it. So you were right when you said I gave up before I got there because I'm not going to beg Zach Mini to play virtual pinball, even if, especially if I don't even like it. <laughs> yeah. My, I mean, my thing was what I, what I thought you might do is if you guys were like hanging out at Chicago Expo and there was someone there who had a virtual pinball machine set up and it happened to be Stranger Things or Back to the Future or one of the really good ones that you guys might play a ball each. I knew you weren't going to be like, we love virtual pinball. And here's the thing about virtual pinball is I only use virtual pinball as a backup when I'm a too freaking lazy to get off the couch. So I can just sit there and play on my Nintendo switch. B I like to play it because well, there's just, you know, a shat's ton of tables. Like uh, you can demo like something like 80 different tables on pinball arcade and pay nothing. And all the pinball arcade machines are of course real machines so for tournament players like us, they're invaluable if you're going to a tournament with like, say, you know, the lineup of the 10 machines that are going to be at the tournament, but you've only played four of them. You can you can either go on to pin tips and try to read the pin tips on the machine and you can read three or four one sentence tips and kind of sort of get an idea for what you're supposed to do, maybe a little. Or you can just go directly on to Pinball Arcade. And even if you don't play one ball of virtual pin, even if all you did the whole time that you were there, and, and of course, I'm not talking about virtual, I'm talking about, you know, pinball arcade so it doesn't have to be virtual but I, I know what you mean by virtual but uh, i just don't want people to confuse it with like 3d virtual pinball right because uh, yeah. that uh, does exist I as well i actually played the harry potter version on one of the homebrew virtual kits um so you did play virtual pin this weekend i played it there you go what'd you yeah, think sure. like i said i have a lot of respect for the people that can create something and that's one thing another thing that will be like People that create pinball machines, it doesn't matter which one it is. Like, mm -hmm. they're they're impressive. Like, virtual, physical, cosmic carnival to, you know, Elvira. Like, to be able to make something like that is a, a feat that I think has kind of lost some people a little much um, when it comes to like to people want to shout from the rooftop so I can think about everything. Yeah, you know what I mean, so that's what. And getting to that subject was, I had some drinks and poor Mark and City. Was there was standing right in front of me, and that I was espousing how much I loved his game. And right. I hope somebody makes it. And I think I went on and on and on, and he just had a lot of grace to sit there and listen to me and laugh. And um, he's a really nice guy. Now I did get to play while he looked over my shoulder. His game had people on it all the time. Mm -hmm. um, 
people. Tell everybody what, what his machine is. So he won a Twippy for the best game last year for homebrew, and he made a nightmare before Christmas. Um, I think it has three or four diverters on it, three different subways. Um, of what There's a central bash area. There's two, two or three different ways of yep. gets up ramps. Physical like, ball lock and the bathtub up there, which is really cool. Yeah. It's an amazing, amazing game. Oh, it's got the shot to the soup. You know that shot on the left where you lift your right flipper? Yep, yep. I mean, there's so many shots. I was, I, I played it before, and I was learning new things about it just by flipping it. Like, he was trying to give me rules and being really nice, and I was like, nope, don't want to listen. Like, just want to flip it. Like, right. it, it was so many different things to do. Um, it was it was really impressive. And, yeah, there, there were always people playing, so I walked up and played. And I wanted to respect other people's time because I kind of knew it. So I wanted to let, oh, you know, anybody that – passers-by to check it out so I played a game or two and um yeah it's still it's still amazing and you know he, I didn't get to play with him though because when I was playing he was talking you know so You're right didn't get a chance to to beat him but did spend some time together and it, uh I, I cherished it. it was really it was a really nice time now do you know why he was so gracious at listening to you possibly uh talk on a little bit excessively while you were drinking <laughs> I because he's a nice guy I reckon I, I don't know maybe it's mostly because he's a nice guy, but it's partially because he's practiced a lot with me. See, every Monday night pinball, I don't think he ever drinks because he drives there and it's Monday night and he has to work early Tuesday morning and he might have a drink or two. And then I just I, I just get really drunk on Monday nights at Monday night pinball and talk his ear off about how much I love his game. So he's used to it for me, man. He's like, oh, yep, this is Albert's pin turn. <laughs> Just knows how to, to keep it rolling. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's funny. Now Mark did get loose a couple nights there. That's yeah, don't, don't let him fool you. He had a good time. Ooh. There may or may, may or may not be a, a video of him dancing on the stage playing some Elvira. You know? What yeah. was that at the same after party where I were you there when Steve Ritchie was like dancing at that oh, rave? He was cutting a he was cutting a rug. What Sullivan was cutting a rug. Uh, Gary Stern was there. Like it was a who's who of a, a underground electronic funk. Was he uh, was like the ecstasy flowing or something? Because like everyone's like, <laughs> like it's you know, a rave. You know, I I, I hope so. Just for oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just excuse. kidding. Just for the next day. Right. Excuse. Right. No. Uh, was it the alcohol? No. I don't dance like that on alcohol. That's all ecstasy, baby. <laughs> uh, that's funny. But no, I think the the last test that we had. Um, oh well, of course, I hung out with poor man's. I ran into them on Friday. Yes, um, Ian and party. Drew. Shout out! I saw that picture. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I did complete the task of um, guzzling a beer with them. It, I I lost to Drew, um, but I did beat Ian. So although Drew like spilled half of his on him, so I'm going to claim that victory. Uh, <laughs> with an asterisk next to it. So thanks, guys. If you listen, that was a, a really fun time. I appreciate you hanging out with me. Showed out. Hopefully we'll catch up again soon. But yeah, they're they're a bunch of really fun, authentic dudes that I just met them at Dunkin' Donuts, like randomly. Um, even though I had texted them earlier, but <laughs> we sat down and chatted for a while. Um, but yeah, other than that, the only other challenge was talking about uh, TPF in Chicago and the differences between them. Yeah, like I think they're market like the differences being Chicago, and I've been to both now. Um, Chicago feels more like a hangout. Like it's about the people and meeting new people. Like you can talk to anybody there. Right. It's like a bunch of pinheads that are there. Like they know it's been going on forever. They've been going every year or for a while. Mm -hmm. And there's a certain kind of meetup culture about it. 
I'd say that Texas feels more like a trade show. Okay. Not, not sterile. Right. I'm not saying anything bad about it, but there's I think there's way more pins, the pin variety. Like, I think Chicago this year had a lot of specialty, super secret, like Dan Kroll, one of ten in the world, supposedly. I heard that. Did you uh, get a ball on that? I, I did flip it. It's a very cool game. Um, I mean, it reminds me of a lot of just the the, the wide bodies, like, uh, with an upper play field. So for mm-hmm. me, I, you know, I think it's like a haunted house or, um, you know, like a black hole or something like that. But I probably don't have a nuanced opinion when it comes to, you know, rare pinballs, just that I like it. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd say the, the other thing is like, I really like, oh, it's been discussed in some other podcasts, but the layout this year was really good for everybody. Mm-hmm. But I might disagree with some people here, but the vendors. So oh. I bought a lot of pinball art. Hot take. Like, yeah, this is hot take, so forgive me. But um, I did hear from a couple vendors that it was fairly slow. Right. And, you know, they help subsidize the, the cost of the expo for everybody. They're a big reason why I like to go. And they just didn't get as much foot traffic. And mm. other people have said, like, oh, well, you know, a lot of those people just came to play pinball. They weren't going to buy anything anyway. But there's going to be a certain portion of those people that like making – you know, a quick decision and buy something. An impulse buy. Yeah, exactly. And those are the types of people that like, they don't want to miss out on. So I don't think there's a right answer. That's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, it doesn't make me right. But I think um, the layout of Chicago was really, I enjoyed it as a, like, as a pinhead. Right. I'm not sure how everybody felt about it, if that makes sense. No, I think it's good that you have, you know, what you've said, like, five really nice things about the expo or more. So, I mean, if your only constructive criticism was maybe just keep reworking and keep revamping the layout for the vendors. And uh, that part is really tricky. You know, I worked in that field for quite some time where I was constantly attempting to, uh, you know, like, like when we were going to even shows with our, our two small companies, we're trying to make sure we have good flow. Cause sometimes you get stuck in a corner or far away from a door and then on the opposite side of that, I was at one show where it was there was a big convention right beside where I was, and it was so packed, people couldn't even get up to my table. So there's a little bit of luck to it, but it, there's a little bit of skill. There's a, you know, it's it's very very challenging uh, as as a provider to set up your facilities so that everybody's happy. The people, the attendees are happy, the vendors are happy. You know what I mean? The distributors, like everybody else. So absolutely. And the, the biggest improvement was the fact that like the tournament section, they had their own section of a room. It wasn't in the hallway. There's mm-hmm. a lot of open space to do what you want to do. It didn't feel crowded, but I would love like, again, just like I appreciate the people that build pinball machines, the people that can make art and create things. Mm-hmm. Like I want them to be successful too, because that makes the hobby better for, for in my argument everybody so um in man alive i think my wife might kill me when she sees all the stuff i buy because i <laughs> i bought a lot of stuff oh no some cool art so I'll, I'll take it when i get my pinball room updated i'll post it on the facebook page but i got some really cool art and concept sketches and stuff that i'll be having framed yeah and um, you said you got some limited edition um who was it was it brian allen stuff yeah, so uh, Brian Allen, uh, Chris Franchi, mm-hmm. I got some uh, concept prints from, uh, I think, is it the name Greg Ferris? Yeah. Um, oh, that's what you sent me the pictures of, the Greg Ferris yeah. concept art. That, yeah, they, that, was, that was incredible. I got a Python Angelo uh, pinbot sketch. Um, they, there was just a lot of really, really great things there. And I, I think I bought anything I saw, I, I purchased. And I, I think that the more people that see just the kind of the cool, great things that's, that are being made, like I think people would appreciate that and we, they'd have more 
access, but that's neither here nor there. Um, if here's my question about Texas, mm-hmm. right? So Texas is the biggest show in the country. Um, in my opinion, they have a better se- selection of games in the free play area. Right. Um, although this year there were a lot of cool rare games from Spain and there are a couple of Zacharias and Zacharias or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if Texas no longer has pins revealed at it, is it going to be worth it for people from the Midwest to go there? Like, are they right. going to go to M- MGC in Chicago? So I think that might be, it'll be interesting this year to see what they're going to do. Um, I'm still going to Texas. I booked my trip and I did my flight today. Mm-hmm. But I, it'll be curious going forward if, if they're going to be the show in the springtime in winter that is selected as a reveal spot. So I, I think that'll be a big difference too. Chicago will always get something new, you know, right? just given that the release time, it's the, you know, beginning of the fourth quarter, summer's done. People are looking towards Christmas or uh, hoping to buy stuff. usually that time of year where I'm not sure Texas, you know, MGC got Wonka and um, some other games. So it'll be interesting, but yeah, other than that, the, the only other fun things that I did, I met somebody. This is my one of my favorite things. I met somebody that owns and loves their favorite pinball machine is Bugs Bunny Birthday Bash. No way. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's listen, listen. Here. Hold on. I got to pause you for a second. I'm at 29 minutes and 26 seconds. At 30 minutes, they cut me off here because I don't record through my phone anymore. It's directly through the internet, which why that should make a difference, I have no clue. So we're gonna. I'm gonna stop the recording now. You're gonna stay on the phone with me, and I'll just hit record again, and we'll get back into it. Okay, cool. Okay, just one sec.